Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary moral and ethical values and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now here's your host, Mike Sherbino. Hey everybody, we're glad you're with us tonight and uh, hope you're settling in. We got a great program tonight. Got a, a great friend of the program is gonna be with us. Uh, that's Dr. Grant Mullen and Grant is coming and he's got some neat things to share with us where, um, you know, Grant is, uh, was at one point a medical doctor, because you could technically still say he is, uh, and then he went into uh, marriage and family counseling and for 25 years also worked as a mental health practitioner. And he's taken all those things and uh, offered them up to God and God has used both he and his wife, uh, Kathy, just to touch so many people's lives. Always delighted when he's on the program He's the only person that has a worse sense of humor than me. And after that wonderful comment, Grant, I'm glad you're here. Are you with me? Well, I'm not sure anymore, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll hang around after that wonderful endorsement. Yeah, well, you know what? You can only say that to certain people, and uh, yeah, you're one of them. That means you're a very special friend. You know, Grant, yeah, the... Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'll stick with you, Mike. You probably have heard the name Billy Graham, and many people listening tonight would know the name Billy Graham. He had uh, an assistant. Uh, it was the backup preacher, and then the, this preacher would also do his own crusades. His name was Dr. John Wesley White. And Dr. Uh, White was a prolific writer, an amazing preacher. He had a funny sense of humor, and what he would often say, and similar to the way I'm kibitzing with you, his wife, Kathleen, uh, was there supporting him in the ministry. And he said, you know, Michael, he said, Kathleen loves everybody, but she only likes a few. <laughs> and um, so maybe I'm <laughs> going to flip that on you tonight, Grant. And uh, I love everybody, but I only like a few. And uh, you're up there in my top ten. Uh, I'm glad you're with well, us it's tonight. always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with you, Mike. Well, I'm glad you're with us tonight because I want to deal with a subject that you know, we talk about it or possibly think about it in various ways through the course of the week. And uh, the broad subject is I want to talk about prayer. And in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about three dangerous prayers. And I hope people will listen in and want to contribute. And I want to invite people to call in tonight after they hear you share a few things tonight. I want to give out that number right now. It's 800-684-2848. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, we want to encourage you to use that number, 800-684-2848, or the local number is 883-5000. Now, tonight, Grant, I said, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about the supernatural. Does God really answer prayer? And as a medical doctor, you bring uh, a certain position to the whole thing. And let's just talk about some of the standard questions that actually go through your mind that you've had to battle as you've pondered what is God doing, what is he saying, and how do we experience his power in our life? Over to you. Well, that's a pretty open question. The, that to me, the key to having his power in your life is to, to, uh, to be a, how, how much and how often are you aware of his presence? Like, for me personally, I found that when I, before I discovered how close God 
what wanted to it, how how close God was to me and how much He wanted to be close to me, but I wasn't aware of it. I had a head knowledge relationship with God. In other words, I knew all about God, but I really had no experience. I just, you know, I read the book. I said the sinner's prayer. My name was in the, you know, in the Lamb's Book of Life. So I knew I was going to heaven, but my relationship with God was more just in my head. And so, um, so. Okay, stop there. Stop sense, there, Grant. Stop it. How is that possible? How? How can you be so detached? Because I know that's what other people are thinking and feeling, and, and I have as well. So you knew it in your head, but not so much in the heart. Explain that. Well, uh, well actually, I think that's, that's the norm. Not, I, I, think that, I think most Christians are head-knowledge Christians. That's been my experience. Cause, I mean, that's certainly what happened to me. Um, and what that means is that you believe the right things. You know, you believe that Jesus loves you, and, and you believe every, what's in the Bible, and you commit yourself to Jesus. Uh, but it's not um, it's not a, a moment-to-moment experience. It's just, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. I said the sinner's prayer. I have I have the um, you know the membership card, uh, but you don't necessarily actually involve God in your day. And uh, uh, so, so in other words, it, like the, the way I describe it before I had an experience with with God's presence, the way I describe it is that I, I had it's. It's like when you're with your own natural father. You know, your own natural father, even if you had a, a good, loving father, he goes off to work, you know how to reach him in an emergency, and you have your list of chores. And so to me, that was my feeling was, you know, I was a Christian. I had the, the instruction manual. I knew where I could reach him if it was an emergency. But basically, I figured I had my list of chores, and I was on my own, but I could reach him if I needed him. But I assumed he was doing something more exciting in some other part of the world, not you know, where I was. And so that was the way I was. And, and I find that extremely common, if not the majority of Christians look at God that way. You know, he's, he's around. I guess he loves me. I can reach him when I need to. Well, we just assume that God the Father is like our natural fathers. So if uh, we, whatever our experience with our natural fathers, we just pin that on God, which, of course, is not fair. But after I had a, an experience with God, then, uh, then it, he became very real, very personal, and very present. Well, as I'm listening to you unpack this, I'm kind of smiling and, and grimacing at the same time because if I can take it one step further as a pastor, I, I'm thinking tomorrow morning, but I'm thinking last week and the last 40 years, we often gather before the service to pray together. And we will pray. It's kind of like it's an emergency. God, we really need you to yep. show up, to validate things uh, so that it's real and that people's lives are changed. Um is that right or wrong, or could it just be better? Oh, yeah. well, it could be better. I mean, a bit, of course, of course, that's the right thing to do before every service. Um, you see, actually, there's two ways. There are two ways to pray before a service. Because uh, uh, one is, uh, God, we have this all under control, uh, but we want you to bless what we've planned uh, because you know we all have to be out by twelve, and uh, we but we we do want you to to bless what we planned, but. But we have this under control. You know, really, we actually don't really need you because we know what to do. And we've done this every week. But it would be nice if you uh, blessed what we plan. The other approach is, God, we are here to meet with you. Uh, you know, we have this outline that we think will work. But, we're, we're, but we give the service to you, and we actually allow you to change the agenda if you so choose. Uh, but we want to meet with you 
um, and and we want to give you the agenda. Uh, that that's just a different mindset uh, when you're praying before a service. In other words, he's the star of the show, and and we're all up, we're all, we're there to hear what he has to say, and uh, we'll try to fit in. Wow, that's a very helpful uh, explanation. So let's let's just take it a little further, not just for church, but let's just take it pick on me in my own personal life. I want to add something else. I want to add to that prayer. <clears throat> God, we want to see you high lifted up. We, we, we want to see the supernatural. We want to see lives touched, uh, people healed. Um, you know, marriages transformed like boom. You know, we want to show us the fireworks. How come we don't see a lot of fireworks? Uh, well, okay, no, wait, you just switched from individual to corporate here. So we let, me, let me first speak to, to, to individual, because this, this was um, pivotal in, in my life on a daily basis, is that the way I bring the supernatural into my daily life and to everything I do, and even talking to you, is it's all based on the quality of my quiet time where I start the day. You're, the, the, if, if you're not having a quiet time, it's very hard to bring the supernatural. It's very hard to enjoy God's presence. I mean, he, he hasn't left you, but your ability to enjoy it and participate um, is, is going to be limited. I find that when people don't have quiet times, um, they, 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 it's very easy to just be a head knowledge Christian. You know, uh, no, I, you know I know the rule book. But, but what I discovered, the power of a quiet time, and that, so that each morning I meet with him, I talk about the day, and basically, I just say, okay, you know, what do you want me to know about this day? And I need your help with every single part of the day. So then throughout the day, I chat with him about what's going on. And I said, I need your help with this. What do you think about this? Um, you know, I talked to him about meeting with you tonight, that uh, we, wanted, we want um, to talk what he wants us to talk about. So that's on a personal level. Now, on a corporate level, um, that, yeah, I share, I share your heart, of course, that that we, we want church to be more than just a, um, um, a, a club, a club meeting, or a service club meeting. You know, we're just nice people here to do nice things, and then we go for lunch. Um, so you, you want church to be more than just a service club. Uh, you want it to be a supernatural encounter with, uh, with Jesus. And so you, you plan the service that way, and then in your pre-service prayer, um, you basically hand him the agenda and just say, what do you want me to do, or what do you want to happen? And, of course, that, that's your, as you're planning for the service all week. Okay, Jesus, what's the message you want them to receive? What do you want to accomplish in this service? And we welcome your presence, and we give you the agenda. I love that. Um, also, too, there's an enormous difference between worshiping and singing songs. Actually, one of my upcoming, I, you know, I put out a five-minute video every Wednesday on how to change how you think. But one of the upcoming ones in the next month, I've already recorded it, is the difference between singing and worship at church. Give us a, a little taste is, of what you know, it's about. It's sing well, singing is just words to a tune. Um, if I, like, and I grew up in the church, and I thought the worship time was just uh, singing to get people out of the lobby and to stop talking um, so that they're in, in their seats for the, the, the sermon. You know, I didn't think it had any other significance. They called it preliminaries. So I didn't think it had any significance at all. But when I, after I had an encounter with Jesus, I realized that worship is where we actually invite and enjoy the presence of God, which opens our hearts to prepare us for the sermon. And it's such an, it's, I, I just find that it, that invites 
Worship invites the supernatural into your service. Wow. My mind is going in all sorts of places because you and I have talked about so many different things. Uh, we've got about three minutes before the break, so let's, let's do this, Grant. Uh, first of all, I just want to say you're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau, and my special guest tonight is Dr. Grant Mullen. And if you got a comment on prayer or the supernatural, why don't you call in? Maybe you've got a question. 800-684-2848. 800-684-2848. Or locally in the Buffalo area, 883-5000. Get on the phone and call in. Grant, um, there was a, a great outpouring of God's Spirit that people laughed at. People said, I got to check it out. Some people claim that they were profoundly impacted, and it was called the airport uh, blessing, uh, the airport ministry. Well, it was actually called the Toronto blessing. The, the, the Toronto, the Toronto blessing. blessing. You were asked to come in a unique capacity to evaluate it and to explain some of the manifestations as people were worshiping God, and it was powerful. Um, talk to me about what you observed is it phony is it real uh how do you how would you describe god's outpouring of a spirit uh in, in one minute well we're going to come back <laughs> in the second part of the show and talk about okay. it but you got two minutes well, right now what i what okay what i learned there uh, in in this in this time of outpouring what i learned and i just want to start with this point is the difference between a sermon and an anointed sermon so I'm just thinking, you as a church leader, this might be of interest to you. But you see, uh, a, a conventional sermon is just, in fact, I've been in services where the pastor just reads his sermon, and basically they just read, um, you know, um, they just read a lesson. And so it's just, and so that's very much head knowledge, and it could be a lot of good things, but it's just uh, um, a head knowledge lesson. In other words, you should be uh, you should be doing this to, to the people in the in the seats, and they go home and say, "Yep, I should be doing that," and they file it with all the other sermons. But an anointed sermon is very different, and this is what I learned during this uh, this very unusual revival that happened in, back in the '90s, was that with an anointed sermon, each uh, the words of the sermon uh, affect people in a very powerful way. So, in other words, the way I picture it is when the words land in the person, it sort of bursts, and, and the message that Jesus has specifically for that individual um, is uh, revealed. So in other words, everybody in the room gets sort of a different customized message, because the, the words from the, the pulpit are the catalyst to the message of Jesus specifically to that person. That's an anointed service, and that's when people leave saying, wow, I heard from God, this is life-changing, and uh, even though the person just you know, the, the speaker just gave words, you know, gave a lesson, but the impact was far greater than the actual value of the word spoken. That's an anointed sermon. That is a supernatural event uh, during the sermon. So that was one, that was the first thing I learned um, uh, there. But I also let's Let's pause, let's pause right there. Let's pause right there. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and We've already got uh, somebody with a question for you, but we want to let you finish uh, this whole thought because it's so fascinating. You're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. My special guest and good friend is Dr. Grant Mullen. We'll be right back after these uh, brief announcements. Agora Academy is offering a six-week online building resilience course to help you become more aware of the signs and symptoms of the most common mental health problems 
we face. One in every four Canadians will experience a mental health problem this year. Course participants will learn how to recognize signs that a person may be experiencing a decline in their mental well being or in a mental health crisis. Your instructor, Laura Bruno, is a registered psychotherapist and a college professor who specializes in treating anxiety, depression, stress, and crisis intervention. The course begins September 27th. For more information regarding registration, email info at agoranetworkministries.com or go to their website, agoranetworkministries.com. Real life, unedited, authentic conversations are what you will see and hear on the new TV show called The Perspective. The Perspective with Mike Sherbino airs daily across Canada and brings to your screen authors, musicians, bloggers, and more, all of whom are real about their faith and life journey. Plus, on The Perspective, you will enjoy Mike's teaching and biblical insights into all matters related to life. If you like Open Mic, you will love The Perspective. Check it out today at theperspective.tv. Have you ever stopped to think about what's the point of all this hustle and bustle of life? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring the questions of life, faith, and meaning. And it's a place to explore the big questions, share what you think, and hear what others have to say. Every session starts with food, then a video talk, followed by discussion. You make new friends and enjoy the journey together. Alpha will be hosted at North End Church in St. Catharines, Ontario, beginning Wednesday, October 19th through December 14th. Hey, it's free. For more information or to register, go to northendchurch.ca. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. We're glad you're with us tonight. And my special guest is Dr. Grant Mullen. And uh, Grant, let's complete that thought that you were talking about uh, a message, it's one thing to, to preach a message, it's another thing to preach an anointed message. Just keep going yeah. with what you were saying. Yeah, so, um, and so anything, and same with, same with worship. The difference between singing a song and an anointed worship is that when something is anointed, the impact on the person is far greater than the actual words that are audibly heard, because the God uses the words that were heard with their natural ears, but speak something powerful and, and special to them personally. That's an anointed message. That changes lives. The other just is information. So that, that's very, very different. But also, um, when I was in Toronto, or during that special time, that's when I had my encounter with the presence of God that changed my life from head knowledge to heart experience. And what happened there was after an anointed time of worship, an anointed message, and during there was just a, a time of extended prayer, personal, private prayer afterwards, and uh, and during that time when I was talking to God, I had this picture in my in my imagination, and the the in the picture Jesus came into the picture and walked right up to me and got so close our noses were touching. Now that's really bizarre, you know. I, here, you know, if Jesus wanted to talk to me, you know, he could have stood a comfortable distance away. But he came up so close, our noses were touching. So, you know, here I am, nose to nose with the Son of God, thinking, you know, you're uncomfortably close to you. You just back up a little bit. It'd be easier to sort of, you know, have this conversation. And he Hit said the pause button, Grant. But Grant, pause. Just a second. <laughs> I just want to put a disclaimer in here. Grant's a medical doctor. He's not wacko. <laughs> you might think that he is. Carry on. Carry on, Grant. Okay. <laughs> so Jesus says two, in, now this is in the picture in my mind, 
not, this is not happening audibly. This is just in my spirit. Jesus says two words to me that changed my life forever. And he said to me, hello, Grant. Now, I mean, that's not even scriptural. And I know that this may not have much of an impact on you or, or your listeners. But you know why that just was absolutely life-changing to me? Because up till that time, I had a head knowledge, distant relationship with God. I never thought God knew my first name. I thought I was an entry in his database. That just shook me up, that he knew my first name, and he would take the time to come up and be nose-to-nose with me. And then he started to tell me how much he enjoyed my company, how much he enjoyed walking with me. He's, he's listening to me all the time. He's hearing all. Like, we just had this most extraordinary um, exchange that he just told me, you know, how personally interested he was in me, in me personally. Well, this just blew my mind, and that completely changed my relationship with God from a from a, just a head knowledge, yeah, you know, I'm a member, to, wow, I, that he actually is in me and around me. And so then from that point on, I just include him in everything I do because I know how he feels about me. See, so that was an anointed event that happened there during that revival. Changed Fantastic. my life. Okay, I want to hear more about that in a minute, but we're going to squeeze in a caller right now who wants to talk and ask you a question. We've got Rachel on the line. Rachel, thanks for waiting. Uh, what are your comments? Well, the, the reason I'm calling is because um, I'm calling about, um, I just want to make a comment more or less about the topic of worship. I mean, I, I grew up in the church in a good, really good Bible-believing, Christ-centered church. I grew up in the music ministry, every choir there was, and it was, an ama- it was amazing. Um, but now... It just seems like, you know, not every church, I'm not saying every church, but it just seems like some, you know, some place a lot of emphasis on more about, it's all more about um, the entertainment value or the smoke machines or, you know, who can do the better performance. And, and I mean, I know the Lord, I know the Lord knows the heart, okay? I'm not saying that it, that he doesn't, but I'm just saying, I mean, I, I, Personally, I don't go to church for rock concerts. I go for worship, and I go for the message. But it just seems that, you know, over the, you know, since the worship styles have changed over the past how many years, it just seems that it's changed from, you know, people don't go to church to, to worship the Lord, or they go more towards for, you know, entertainment value. I mean, like Let's I said, pause for a second. I just, this, is a, this is a very hot topic with me, and it's very close to my heart. Okay, you know, time out. Hold on. I'm going to let Grant jump in. Grant, give me your thought. What would you say to Rachel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I certainly understand her perspective, and yes, it's definitely a hot topic. So here's how I sort that out. To me, I draw a, a, a distinction between worship that is a spectator event. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't even call that worship. That's, you know, like you're saying, that that's a concert. And worship that people are participating with. So now I've seen, and I know there, there's sometimes the emphasis on professionalism and presentation um, can be to such an extreme, it just becomes a, a concert that people observe. But you can also have the same level of excellence, but involve the congregation so it's a participation event. So then they are worshiping with the people on stage. So to me, the best, the best combination is uh, high quality um, technically, but the people are joining in with worship with the people on the stage. Um, 
But if it's just a spectator event, then it, then it, then it is a bit like uh, going to a concert, and, and you're, it's not it's not touching the hearts of the people if they're not participating. So to me, um, so I mean, I totally understand her point, and, and I've certainly had those thoughts myself. But but to me, you know, being professional and, and excellence and all that, terrific. As long as you, as long as the congregation's involved and they are they are connecting with God themselves, not just watching. But Rachel, I'm going to give you the last thirty seconds. But don't you agree that you should not that that worship is is to prepare you for to hear from the Lord for the for the message. It's not to so you can go and being entertained. It's to get you to go. I mean, it's to get you to, for you know to prepare you for to hear from the Lord. So Rachel, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. I'm not disagreeing. I think you're right. But I think you have to use your influence and speak into the lives of people. And also, maybe you're not the leader, but at least go to a place where you can participate, where there can be a change agent. And that's part of what I was talking to Grant about, and we're going to go back to it in just a minute. Uh, The powerful effect of the airport blessing and how it changed people. And it's always easy to slip into the performance thing. It's always easy to slip into the flesh. So I just want to encourage you to be, to think how you say it, but to be an encouragement for people to go deeper with Jesus. Appreciate the call. I hope you'll call back. Thanks, Rachel. Grant, uh, let's just take the last five, six minutes. And, um, you know, Rachel has made some great points. She's got a passion it's almost as if we want other people to fix the situation. Like, I want to go to the perfect church, but I guess I can't be the pastor. <laughs> so, <laughs> why are you oh, laughing? Oh, just one other thing about the, the revival um, that really caught my attention. And this revival actually broke out um, at my home church in Grimsby, at Lake Mount Worship Center in the 90s. But what really caught my attention as a mental health physician was that when people had this um, a, a personal encounter with God, they were changed, or they, they, it, it changed how they were thinking. In other words, there were psychological and spiritual changes in them after they were at these meetings. Like, like I, people, I, I've heard people say um, that after the service, during the private prayer time, uh, Jesus came and, and walked them through a meadow, told them about what really was happening during, the, during their childhood. It allowed them to forgive their abusers and forgive other people, forgive themselves. Um, like people had dramatic healing of their of the wounds of their heart. Like they were able to unload baggage when when no one was talking to them. This was just it happened to them privately uh, in when Jesus came to meet with them. And so that to me is a very anointed supernatural event. And and you know in actual fact, like this is available to us right now. I mean this is I mean yes, it did happen in the 90s in a profound uh, way, but. You know, we could, Jesus hasn't changed. We can still have those experiences now. How do we have it? How do we have that? We, we, we actually invite his presence. Remember God said, if we, if we reach out to him, he will come close to us. And so he is just waiting for our permission to come and have an encounter with us. And so, so he's, he's always available. And he's just waiting for our permission if we would allow him to be part of our day and our life. So that's, that's, to me, I think that's the value of the quiet time. If you start your day with a quiet time, 
You know, you just you just have a conversation with Jesus, invite him into your day, and then just be aware all day long that you can talk to him continuously. Grant, okay, uh, well. I know you. I know you have to go in a couple of minutes. Otherwise, I'd keep you here for the rest of the uh, the program. Um, I've always appreciated and benefited from your teaching on the importance of renewing uh, your mind out of Romans chapter twelve. And would you just take the last two minutes and then give out your website where people can track with you? Yeah. And, but talk to us about the importance of renewing our mind. And I know you can tie it into what we've been talking about, the supernatural to prayer and in the encounter with God. Well, actually, everything we've talked about this evening was all about renewing. My, like My mind was totally renewed when I had this encounter. The people I just described to you, their minds were renewed. And they were renewed because of an encounter with Jesus. In other words, a supernatural encounter with Jesus, and we just need to invite him. So our whole ministry is to help people change how they think, and Romans 12 and 2 is our theme verse, that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I have a website that people can go to, which is just packed with information, and that's drgrantmullen.com. It's packed with information on how to change how you think, and then we put out a free video, every, a five-minute video every Wednesday on how to change how you think, and one coming up soon will be about the difference between worship and singing. And, uh, and then we also have an online course on how to unload your emotional baggage and have your heart healed, and that's called Free Your Mind. And so that's uh, it's an online self-study course, and that's available on the website. So we've got loads of resources on t- to help people encounter God and uh, have a transforming experience uh, with Him. Love it. Always uh, a pleasure, Grant, having you here. And thanks for tolerating my wonderful sense of humor as I tolerate <laughs> your... Uh... Mike, Mike, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Well, you speak life into people's hearts, and uh, you have again into mine tonight, and I know our listeners look forward to having you back on again real soon. Uh, Dr. Grant Mullen, well, you, you can find us. you have a fantastic his... Sunday. Have a great Thank Sunday you. tomorrow. Thank you. And you can get Grant's uh, material. Go to Grant, drgrantmullen.com. And people, can I just encourage you? There's just a wealth of things that will help you in this journey called life. You're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. We're going to be back for the second half as we're going to talk more about prayer. We welcome your calls and get on the line and call in and uh, listen carefully to these next uh, couple of announcements. Have you ever stopped to think about what's the point of all this hustle and bustle of life? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring the questions of life, faith, and meaning. And it's a place to explore the big questions, share what you think, and hear what others have to say. Every session starts with food, then a video talk, followed by discussion. You make new friends and enjoy the journey together. Alpha will be hosted at North End Church in St. Catharines, Ontario, beginning Wednesday, October 19th through December 14th. Hey, it's free. For more information or to register, go to northendchurch.ca. Real life, unedited, authentic conversations are what you will see and hear on the new TV show called The Perspective. The Perspective with Mike Sherbino airs daily across Canada and brings to your screen authors, musicians, bloggers, and more, all of whom are real about their faith, and life journey. Plus, on The Perspective, you will enjoy Mike's teaching and biblical insights into all matters related to life. If you like Open Mike, you will love The Perspective. Check it out today at theperspective.tv. Agora Academy is offering a six-week online building resilience course to help you become more aware of the signs and symptoms of the most common mental health problems 
we face. One in every four Canadians will experience a mental health problem this year. Course participants will learn how to recognize signs that a person may be experiencing a decline in their mental well-being or in a mental health crisis. Your instructor, Laura Bruno, is a registered psychotherapist and a college professor who specializes in treating anxiety, depression, stress, and crisis intervention. The course begins September 27th. For more information regarding registration, email info at agoranetworkministries.com or go to their website, agoranetworkministries.com. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're with us. And uh, as we uh, fasten our seatbelts for the second half of the show, I just want to take a minute and uh, talk about that commercial you heard for Perspectives. Perspectives is a TV show that airs across Canada five days a week. And uh, we're trusting the Lord that we'll be able to get into the United States. All of that takes a colossal amount of money, as it does to air in Canada. And so if, uh, if ever you feel like supporting what we're doing, we would be grateful. And what do we do on, on the program? Well, I do some Bible teaching, five or six minutes. You have to squeeze a lot into a half hour. Uh, we interview some interesting guests and talk about their faith journey. Many of the guests are, are well-known um, We've been so encouraged to have just unknown people who tell their powerful story. We also have people, for instance, this week we had Sean McDowell. His father was Josh McDowell but, uh, and still is. But Sean is a, a great apologist and has written over 20 books and, uh, and just dealt so uh, magnificently this week on the program talking about uh, the changing issues that we're facing and the theological issues that are rattling people. What do they believe in? We also had a, a guy named Phil Calloway. And Phil Calloway is the, uh, the famous humorist. And he talks about how his faith in Christ has impacted his humor. And if you need to smile, you're going to want to watch that show. Um, he's an author of 27 books. And these guys are, are just amazing and I'm so encouraged. They're giving me their time to speak hope and life into your life. And then, you know, I didn't know the guy's name, but he's been on our program twice, Ben Higgins. Um, he was The Bachelor, and he talks about how God uh, touched his life. And he is now with other people involved in an organization called Generous Coffee. And 100% of what they make goes to help people in need and charities. So it was just a powerful week of the people that were listening. And why don't you go to theperspective.tv and you can catch that. And uh, you'll realize as you watch me there that I have a face for radio. So anyways, uh, that's a little bit of humor. We got some callers on the line. I want to talk about prayer tonight. I want to talk about dangerous prayers. But we got Angela and she's calling in from Toronto. Angela, what are your thoughts tonight? Oh, um, I was listening to to the previous uh, little time with uh, Dr. Mullen. Yes. And you, and, and um, I'm, I'm just curious because I remember uh, in the 90s, you know, uh, the Toronto Blessing, like, you know, Americans, everybody was talking about it, but why don't we hear about it? Like, what happened? What, what happened to that church? Why did it fizzle out? Because I don't never hear about it anymore. Well, the church is still functioning, and they still have conferences. Um, it was very interesting, and I can't speak 
authoritarianly on that particular church. But as we go through history, we see where there's revival, where God's spirit breaks out. And what you see out of the Toronto blessing is that people went back to their churches and so many churches had a profound impact from the people who had that experience with God. And uh, Grant Mullen was one of them. And Lake Mount Church, which is on the QEW, uh, benefited amazingly. And it's a thriving church. Um, will it happen again? I think we need to pray into that because we need to pray not just so that we'll have some sensational thing, but greater than that, that we'll have an encounter with God. And I believe what happened is that people were having an encounter with God and others came to look and to watch. And maybe that's all they need to say tonight. Do you have any other thoughts? Well, yeah, I'm just curious because I am looking for a good church in the Toronto area. Okay. We'll drive to St. Catharines. We're at North End Church. <laughs> but it's about an hour and 15 minutes away. I have a I have an eighteen year old car. I probably won't make it. <laughs> I'd okay. love to. I'd love to. <laughs> but um, I'm looking for a church in the Toronto area. You know the you know the the West End of Toronto, Mississauga, whatever. Sure. And 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 I'm just looking for a church. And like one of your previous callers today talked about, you know, worship music and stuff. And and that's another thing that does. I, 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 you know, like, like, I, like she said, not, not to be a spectator. Like, why can't we worship together? Well, here's one thing that I would suggest, Angela. First of all, I mean, you're able to source out a number of churches, and there are some great churches, uh, depending where you live. Um, I've pastored two churches, uh, three actually in total over the years in the Toronto area. And uh, if you were downtown, I would say go to the People's Church. Uh, we used to be on staff there, and they got a wonderful ministry, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. I used but here, to go here's, to people's, yeah, here's the I big used to thing. I go to Little Trinity Church wait, sure. when I lived downtown. So here's the thing. Find a place, yeah. Angela, where you can serve. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Well, as you pray something's going to happen. And you're not, as one guy told me, he said, you're never going to find a perfect church, Mike. And he said, if you do, don't go to it because you're going to wreck it. So I've always tried to keep that attitude saying that people are people. They're not perfect. I was at a church. Uh, I was on vacation uh, a couple weeks ago and I went to a church and uh, it would have been more exciting for me to watch paint dry. But you know what? Some good things were still happening in that church, even though their worship didn't connect with me or the preaching, but I knew that God was doing some neat stories. And I have to pull back. And it's easy for me to be judgmental. But uh, tonight, we're not going to talk about the perfect church. Uh, but I'm going to pray, Angela, just right now, that the Lord would direct you and guide you to find a place where you can be connected and be in community. And that's cre that's so important. I want to thank you for yeah. your call. Thank you so thank much. You. You're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. The number to call is 800 684 2848 and 883-5000. I know we have another caller waiting. Uh, we're going to get to that caller in just a moment. But you know, uh, I want to talk about this subject called dangerous prayers. And uh, you know, one of the things that 
what we think about is, I know you've seen signs like this, you know, where it says, swim at your own risk, or ski at your own risk. Or maybe at an amusement park, there was a sign that said, ride at your own risk. I think the best sign, though, was one at a cheap truck stop, where there was a, a poster that said, eat at your own risk. Um, not too encouraging, to say the least. But I do think there needs to be a sign that says, pray at your own risk. And I say that because there are certain types of prayers that can wreak havoc in your life. They'll upset your apple cart. They will throw a wrench into your meticulously planned future. And they'll take you down unexpected paths. They are risky prayers. But they are prayers we need to pray if we would be truly transformed. And as Grant talked about, you know, it's one thing to hear a message, but it's another thing to hear an anointed message. I've been pondering that for myself, even as I do this program, even as I uh, get ready to speak tomorrow to our own congregation. And so if I'm going to have an anointed message, I need to pray the first prayer. And the first prayer is one that you and I need to pray continually. It's the search me prayer, where David wrote in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, maybe a good way to think about that is the analogy of the heart. It's kind of like the engine in a car. If you ever um, driven down the road and seen where cars broke down and let me make fun of the guys for a moment. The, the man is standing out there. He's got the, the hood open and he's looking, but he's not doing anything. Or I've often seen it where two or three or four guys are standing there looking at the car. The hood is open, but they don't know what to do, and they need a mechanic. They need a master mechanic to come along. And that's the search me prayer. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to lift the, the hood of my heart. Will you look in and show me what needs to change? Do you know why? Because Jesus told his followers, he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Jesus knew the importance of guarding our heart. He said in Proverbs 4, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. And David wrote, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You see, the reason that we need a clean heart is because it's so easy for it to get clogged up, to get clogged up with contaminants, to get clogged up with uh, the way we've been thinking. Remember, Grant talked about renewing our mind and uh, our lack of consistency. And when those things are circulating in our life, do you know what happens? It brings guilt. And guilt is the greatest deterrent to our happiness. Guilt keeps us from becoming all that God wants us to be. It destroys your confidence. It damages your relationships and keeps you stuck in the past. And if you're going to learn how to really enjoy life and live in freedom then you and I have got to learn how to let go of guilt. So there's a couple things that we can do. First, we need to take a moral inventory. I've got to be ruthlessly honest with myself. That's why David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. I need to, sometimes I need to put in writing um, things that are not right because it forces me not to be in denial. I have to accept responsibility for my faults. Now in Canada, we have CAA that we call if we're in a, 
if our car is broken down. In the States, it's AAA. So let's think of the AAA. First, I need to accept responsibility for my faults. And the greatest holdup for healing in your life is you. Because we rationalize things. You know, it's rational lies. Just admit that you are messed up. I love David when he says, I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. And then I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So I need to accept responsibility for my faults. And then the second thing is I need to ask God for forgiveness. Because the Bible says if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us. I love what Isaiah writes when he said, no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. And then finally, admit your fault to another person. Because when I admit my fault to another person, they can remind me that I have been forgiven. And how important, how freeing that is. We're going to take a minute just before the break. We've got a caller who's been waiting. Uh, we're going to talk to Marie. Hi, Marie. You got a comment for Hello. us tonight? Oh, we got thank you. 30 hey, seconds bingo, to the break. You, okay, bingo. You said everything. Uh, and, you know, I've got to stop focusing on my circumstances as well. I, and to renew my mind, I've got to get in his word and put the mind of Christ in me. And when the storms, clouds gather and the calamities come, and I, I must run into God's presence through his word and prayer and remain there until the danger passes, it says in Psalm 57, 1. So, That's a good know, point, Marie. I don't Pardon? I said it was a good point. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, and I don't understand, Lord, what you allowed this painful situation, I pray, but I'm trusting in your deliverance despite of what's going on around me. And those with the most trials who are drawn to God and bless God in their trials are blessed by God through their trials. Then I praise him. And, you know, Billy Graham put it this way, if you don't feel like praising him, praise him in any way, and then it will come. And it works, brother. And And by the way, brother, Better t start taking 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C. You sound like you got a cold. Okay, thank you. I do. Okay. All right, appreciate okay, that, brother. Marie. Well, I have a cold, and uh, but it, you know what? It's great if you want to sing bass. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Open Mic with Mike Shervinell. We'll be right back after these brief announcements. Real life, unedited, authentic conversations are what you will see and hear on the new TV show called The Perspective. The Perspective with Mike Sherbino airs daily across Canada and brings to your screen authors, musicians, bloggers, and more, all of whom are real about their faith and life journey. Plus, on The Perspective, you will enjoy Mike's teaching and biblical insights into all matters related to life. If you like Open Mike, you will love The Perspective. Check it out today at theperspective.tv. Agora Academy is offering a six-week online building resilience course to help you become more aware of the signs and symptoms of the most common mental health problems we face. One in every four Canadians will experience a mental health problem this year. Course participants will learn how to recognize signs that a person may be experiencing a decline in their mental well-being or in a mental health crisis. Your instructor, Laura Bruno, is a registered psychotherapist and a college professor who specializes in treating anxiety, depression, stress, and crisis intervention. The course begins September 27th. For more information regarding registration, email info at agoranetworkministries.com or go to their website, agoranetworkministries.com. 
Have you ever stopped to think about what's the point of all this hustle and bustle of life? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring the questions of life, faith, and meaning. And it's a place to explore the big questions, share what you think, and hear what others have to say. Every session starts with food, then a video talk, followed by discussion. You make new friends and enjoy the journey together. Alpha will be hosted at North End Church in St. Catharines, Ontario, beginning Wednesday, October 19th through December 14th. Hey, it's free. For more information or to register, go to northendchurch.ca. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're with us for the final half of the show. And, you know, as uh, Marie was saying, sounds like I got a bit of a cold. And, um, hey, well, what can I do? I'm going to look for a part where I can sing bass with, uh, you know, some quartet. I guess I'm going to have to go down to the southern states for that. But... Um, the number to call in, as you just heard, is 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. love to hear your thoughts about prayer. Does God answer your prayer? Have you seen an answer to prayer? And, you know, have you prayed one of these reckless prayers? We've talked about the first one, which is, search me, O God. And the reason I want God to search me is so that I don't live with guilt. None of us need to live with guilt, but so many people do. And that's not God's design for you. I think the second prayer is uh, equally important. And it's not the the search me prayer, but are you ready for this? The stretch me prayer. Now, um, why on earth do I want God to stretch me? What's important about that? Well, I think that if I take a moment and ponder this, it's because I am pretty comfortable. I like my couch, and I like sitting on the couch. And I don't want you to uh, disturb, you know, my plans for my life. But I go to the early church, and the early church prayed in Acts 4, and they were dealing with intense persecution. They said, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, and sign those wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I mean, they knew they could be thrown in jail for their faith. They knew they could be possibly put to death. Now, if it was me, I'd be saying, you know, God, give me more guns, troops, or air support to keep me safe. Instead, the church prays what I've called a barbarian prayer. And we understand the idea of barbarians. They're ruthless warriors who are not afraid of anything. But the barbarian prayer for the believers was to make them powerful soldiers who would bring, guess what, love and hope and the healing ministry of the gospel to whoever would cross their path. Would you be willing to pray that stretch me prayer? Because it's all about asking God to increase your courage and my courage and faith so that we can take a stand and not cave in under the intense pressure. But what does that look like? You know, not all of us are going to be called to lay down our life or to go to some place where it is, uh, you know, physically very challenging. Some of us are, and some of you listening have gone to places like that. Uh, I work on the board of a mission, uh, SIM, serving in mission. And with well over 100 missionaries, many of them have served God in some pretty challenging spots. But I'm thinking for you and I, just as a starting point right now this week, I think I can say, God, will you stretch me 
maybe when I'm stuck in a traffic jam. And uh, how do you handle the frustrations of life? I live in St. Catharines and three times today, if you know the Welland Canal, I caught a boat. And oh my goodness, we had to sit and we had to wait. How do you handle frustration? I think I need to say, God, would you help me? Um, and when we're confronted with a need, do you ignore it? Uh, maybe you say, well, I'll pray about it. Um, but maybe God is asking you to do more. Could it be? And is he stretching you to say, just don't pass by, but I want you to respond to that need. Have you ever prayed and said, Lord, stretch my compassion, please. Stretch my compassion. I've never thought about that until this week as I've been working through these thoughts. What does it mean to be more compassionate? What's that going to look like? And then maybe God wants to stretch you with your money. We're not supposed to talk about money, are we? A um, person uh, was sharing with me uh, in confidence uh, a story that they went through. And it was a number of years ago, and they were in uh, with their business. Uh, things were pretty tight. And a lot of, uh, they were a builder, and things were, they were waiting for deals to close. And the people who had, you know, put down the money, a lot of times people will buy a house with contingencies that their own properties sell. Nothing was selling. And in the midst of that, the person was approached and asked if they would give a large amount of money um, to support a Christian ministry. And the man said, well, I want you to pray about it. And he was very out front. And he said, I'll be back in a week. And the person said for the whole week they struggled and struggled. Saying they didn't have the money because nobody had paid them. But God was working and they were being stretched. And finally they came to the point and they said on the Wednesday I'll write the check. And they were hoping that a couple of the deals would at least close. And of course he went, he wrote the check. He felt that that's what God wanted him to do. He'd been challenged. But he had zero in his account. It, you know, he had some money in his pocket, less than a hundred bucks, and now he's being asked to write a check for thousands of dollars. Of course, what happened? Wednesday, he goes to the mailbox. Nothing is there. Thursday, he goes to the mailbox. Nothing is there. And he knows that the check is going to clear at about 10.30 in the morning on Friday. He gets to the mailbox at 9 in the morning, and the mailbox is just full of mail. And he opens up letter after letter and here all several of the business dealings closed on that day. And people sent in their deposit and he had more than enough to cover what he had written and God supplied the rest. And as I was talking about that story, we were pondering the why. Why did he wait to the last minute? God, I'm talking about, to meet that need. And I think many times it's to test us so that we can see him open the floodgate of his blessing. I'm not saying for a moment that if you give $10 to the person who has a need that God's going to give you $100 in return. I'm not suggesting that. But God is able and he does want to bless you. And the blessing can come in a variety of ways. But no doubt about it, God will stretch you in that area. And here's another one. Could it be that God is stretching you to believe that you need to put him first with your time? 
you're listening today and you're super busy. You got so many things to do. And you get up in the morning and remember Grant said we need to start the day with God. And hey, I want to be the first to admit there have been days when I have missed my time with God. And exactly like Grant said, there's just an emptiness. And I know that I'm a child of God, but there's not the invigorating power and presence of God in my life. And we're busy. We have demands, things we have to do. And yet God calls us to put him first. He calls and says, trust me with your time. I will make it up to you. And over and over again, when I've done that, I've seen how God sends other people to help. Other ways, the need is met. Will you trust him with that? we got about two minutes left in the show, and we've talked about the search me prayer and the stretch me prayer. I want to talk about the third prayer, um, that dangerous prayer. It's when you say, lead me, the lead me prayer. And David says in Psalm 139, lead me in the way everlasting. The Apostle Paul wrote, he said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I see people in the scriptures when they said, Lord, lead me. It was so that they could complete the task that God had given them. And maybe today, you know, God's been leading you, but it's been going, it's been difficult. Can I suggest this thought to you? It is always too soon to quit. Always too soon to quit. The greatness of a man's power over a woman's power is the measure of their surrender. A great preacher and pastor said this, you only have from this day to your last day to be on the adventure that God has in mind for you. And God wants to lead you today. He wants to lead you beginning tonight. Will you trust him? Will you surrender your life to him? And I want to invite you just to pray with me as we close tonight and say, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. I want you to lead me, to guide me in the way that you want me to go so that I know your presence. I know your power in my life. I believe that God wants to touch your life profoundly today. And there's somebody listening tonight and you've got a physical need. You've got a problem with your knee. And I'm just praying for God's healing for your knee, for that cartilage to get back in line. And just thank God that he has heard your prayer. Thank God for the healing he's bringing to those ligaments. And as you experience his healing, would you write to me? Mike at northendchurch.ca. The preceding program has been sponsored by Find the Way Ministries.